Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Girl Next Door. Can you believe this is episode 45? How much fun did we have on the last collection that we did, The Sexual Gospel? Um, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you so much to my friend Nikki for coming along that journey of five or six episodes with us. She was incredible. Uh, you guys absolutely loved it. And so, yeah, I um, I had fun doing that as well. So anyway, it's a brand new day. It's a brand new podcast week. Um, I'm going to dive into a very serious topic uh, in just a moment. But before I do, um, thank you guys for continuing to rate and share my podcast. If I could ask you to continue to do that, particularly uh, giving it a rating on Apple. Um, I don't know if you can rate on Spotify. Someone needs to tell me if you can. I can never find it. Anyway, um, if you could rate it, that would be amazing. That helps other people find it better. And um, yeah, that just helps me and um, I would appreciate that. All right. So back to the monologue, which is just me chatting today. And this topic has been on my heart for a long time, quite a few months, and I have been mulling it over and thinking about it. And I'm basically just want to dump all of my thoughts um, on you today. We are going to talk about deconstruction. And basically, I'm going to deconstruct deconstruction because it's a really popular thing to do right now is to, I'll explain what it is and give you some examples, but no doubt, a lot of you would either know someone who's into deconstructing everything around them or you've seen some celebrity Christian doing it. Um, obviously, I want to focus a little bit more on deconstructing religion, but we'll go into that in a moment. So um, I don't have any particular order to anything today. I've just got a lot of thoughts on it. Um, and then I'll do a follow-up episode, breaking it down a little bit more. But today I just want to do like a... <clears throat> brainstorm mind dump. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think about it as well. So let's get going. Um, so basically, I wanted to look at deconstruction because I think that it is really, really popular right now. It's the flavor of the month. It's the new religion to pull apart everything that we once believed in and tell everyone how toxic it is, particularly religion. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of this on social media, um, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I consider it one of the most dangerous ideologies that young people are buying into, and I call it an ideology because it is being taught um, in some education um, areas, uh, but mostly more up in the universities. And to the untrained eye, deconstruction makes so much sense and it looks so attractive. And whether you realize it or not, social media, media, and the unis are training young people to be activists who deconstruct society. So I thoroughly want to unpack it today. So let's start with what is deconstruction. Now, obviously, 
we're talking about an ideology here because you can also like, it's a big word in literature, you deconstruct a poem, which means you pull it apart, you look at what it means, and then you put it back together again. Um, But I'm talking about um, an academic term for the systematic pulling apart of the belief system that you were raised in or of the um, society structures that you've been raised in. So it's really the process of pulling something apart to better understand it. In this context today, it's about looking into and pulling apart, um, looking into the pulling apart of every system that we have or the belief system that you grew up with. Now, if that is all that it really was, that sounds like a really good thing because it's actually about critical thinking. It's about asking questions and seeking to truly understand why you believe what you believe or why the systems around you exist. That is not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's a good thing for us to question that. But this is not what we're seeing in society. We're seeing a deconstruction that leads people to label everything as toxic, bad, and needing complete doing away with. So, um, and that's what I want to pull apart today. So deconstruction, uh, I'll give you some examples, but it's about pulling apart systems that they, who are they, I don't know, the mainstream media, the main, the mob, uh, deem as oppressive. So some examples might be gender. Okay. So we're told that gender is a social construct that we need to pull apart. Another one is the church, that the church is systematically oppressive, Um, Another one is Christianity in general is toxic. And if you were brought up by religious parents, that you might have suffered religious trauma. Um, Another example is uh, a very recent one, the whole Black Lives Matters um, movement. I'm talking about the ones that have the actual movement on their website. One of their missions, and you can go look this up yourself, is to deconstruct the nuclear family. So they say that the nuclear family is um, is not a good idea and that we need to pull that apart. And their website also never mentions fathers. So I want to focus more on the deconstruction of religion and particularly Christianity. And I think that we as um, girls and guys who want to lead in life, we need to be aware of what is happening in our society. Because if we are not aware, then we are just going to blindly let young people buy into this stuff that is very toxic. And I'm going to pull apart why today. Uh, Let me tell you first what we're not talking about. We're not talking about people who might have actually suffered abuse in a religious setting. That is 100% not okay and needs to be addressed and dealt with. So I'm not talking about any kind of actual abuse in in a religious or church setting. Um, you know, the church is progressively being held to a high account and so are pastors and rightfully so. We're also not talking about thinking critically and having room and space to ask questions. You know what I think, guys. You know that I always tell you to think for yourself and do your research and look into things. So I'm not saying don't ask questions. In fact, I encourage you to ask questions. We should wrestle and think for ourselves. And I'm also not saying that a lot of systems in our society, including our churches, um, that they don't need to be examined and improved. Of course they do, because where there are humans, there's going to be um, there's going to be imperfections and flaws. So of course systems need to be looked at. So interestingly, 
recently Nathan Finocchio was asked um, on his Instagram, what did he consider the most dangerous aspect of progressive Christianity? And he actually talked about deconstruction. He called it the authority of self. And I loved this. He said that deconstruction is just radical skepticism toward all authority and a journey towards the self as authority. He also went on to say that it's too easy to be an authority yourself today. And even young Bible students are, are almost all self-authorities. But you know what? It's our fault. We've taught them that. So we've got a generation who is being taught to deconstruct all authority. Now, this is not biblical. I'm not saying it's not biblical to question, but it's not biblical to rebel against all authority. The question becomes, why is authority good for us? Um, Now, authority is good for us. And there are a lot of reasons why, and that would be an entire podcast in itself. But if you want, go back to my podcast about authority, which was episode 24 and 25, um, which was called Bringing Back Respect. And episode 25 was When It's Okay to Question Authority. So if you want more on that, go back to that. But I'm a firm believer that the Bible teaches us that God designed us to live in uh, a society with order, including authority. So that's one of the reasons I have great issue with this whole deconstruction, because it's um, it's telling a generation to Um, basically do the opposite to what the Bible says. All right, so I'm just going to throw some random thoughts at you and talk about them. Here's my first one. Deconstruction is actually pulling apart what our society has been based on for hundreds of years. Even if you weren't a Christian and you didn't have God as your moral authority, most of Western society still use Judeo-Christian values as their authority. So our society used to be based on fundamentally Christian values. Even if you didn't believe in the Bible or believe in God, it was still the building block of the moral fabric of our society. And these values help society to function and flourish. You know, just things like treat others the way that you want to be treated. Don't steal. Um, Be in a monogamous relationship. Commit to one person. Don't get drunk. You know, all of those kinds of things. But now deconstructionists are telling us that all those values are rubbish and they don't make us feel good. And secularism is the number one thing being peddled as an ideology, which all that means is society without God. So we're told that the world is a worse place because of Christians and religion in general. But you know what? Look at all the things. Do some research on this yourself. Look at all thing, all the things that did make this world a better place. And often you will find that Christians are the ones that have been pushing these things in society. For example, it was Christians who abolished slavery. It was Christians who helped push forward the civil right movement. And there are many other things that you can look at. Even our welfare system, um, that was all started by, by Christian people. So deconstruction, another thought that I have about it is it's a part of postmodernism and it started out with the universities. Okay, so it's a part of postmodernism. We are in an era of postmodernism, which basically means that they don't believe that there is an absolute truth. Now, when I was growing up, 
we were content to say that we all had different versions of the truth. So Christianity was my truth and that was okay. You might have had another truth, another worldview, and that was okay. But now our young people are being told there is no truth. What a terrible way to grow up, to be told that there's no truth, no hope. The Bible says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that we might have life and life to the full. When I look at the what people are doing with this whole deconstruction, particularly deconstructing Christianity and religion, to me that is the enemy coming in to, to steal, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. All right, another thought. Why I want to tell you why I think or why from all my research, that deconstruction will run its course and it will eventually come to an end. Uh, Deconstruction is an ideology that is actually destroying people's meaning, their hope and truth and beauty. Now, there's an amazing guy called Douglas Murray. He's the author of a book that I'm reading at the moment called The Madness of Crowds. Um, Go look him up, have a look at some of his stuff. He says that postmodernism can deconstruct, but it cannot construct or build. And this is what I'm seeing a lot of on social media. People who are deconstructing their faith, they're really good at pulling things apart, but they're not building things back up again. So for example, every parent knows that kids love to take things apart. So take a bike, for example. I know when Liam was younger, he would always pull things apart. But they've got no idea once they've pulled things apart how to put it back together again. And that's because it's very easy to pull things down, to criticize and to pull things apart, but it's very difficult to create. But people are wired to want to have life and to live in truth and beauty. That is how we were made. That is how people are wired. Even people that don't have a belief in God. According to Douglas Murray, another example of why or proving that people want to live in um, in truth and beauty is the fact that they want to live in beautiful places. That's just a really kind of base example. Given the opportunity, people choose beautiful places and houses. And that's why the rich mostly live in beautiful houses with beautiful surrounds, because when people are given a choice and they have the means, that's what they do. Now, people who don't have a lot of money and less choice have to live where they can afford to, but usually it's, you know, often it's not as nice, but given the chance, most people will want to better themselves. And that is because we are wired to want truth and beauty. People start to realize, and this is why deconstruction is not going to last forever. They start to realize that the deconstructed wasteland is not that much of an enjoyable place to live. People don't want to live in the thing that is endlessly picking apart and pulling down down. And that's what I see on Instagram on these people's posts, post after post after post after post, they're criticizing, pulling down why what you were told was toxic, why you shouldn't believe the things that you were that you were brought up in. And it's just this wasteland of negativity. One reason that um, Jordan Peterson became so ridiculously popular, he's that Canadian psychologist, the author of The 12 Rules of Life. He became ridiculously popular. And a reason was he was talking about the things that we were told we could no longer talk about. He brought common sense back into vogue. And there was becoming a real vacuum of real truth. You know, you're not allowed to have a truth. But he spoke into that. 
Now, according to Peterson, we may be the first people in human history who have no explanation as to what we're doing here. See, Christianity, religion, that gives us an explanation as to what we're doing here. You start pulling apart, you know, the, even our families and being a part of a family gives you a reason for being here. You start pulling apart every part of society that gives us meaning. What are we here for? For the first time in history, we've got a people and a generation growing up not knowing the meaning of their life. The explanation being offered by deconstructionists is to spend our lives warring against whatever system they decide that we need to war against next, whether that be religion, family, education, government, any kind of authority. Another reason that deconstruction will run its course is because it gives limited, and I want to hone in here on that meaning and purpose. Now, according to Dennis Prager from Prager Ute, go watch their videos on YouTube. They're absolutely phenomenal. We have, and in fact, we don't need Dennis to tell us this, it's obvious, we have the most unhappy and anxious young people in any generation. They are more unhappy than young people who lived through the war. Now, that's a pretty serious thing. I can testify to that. My grandparents lived through the war in Holland, and they were some of the happiest people that I know. Dennis Prager says on one of his videos that one of the main reasons we have more unhappy young people than ever before is we are taking away everything that once gave them purpose. Meaning and purpose is crucial to our sense of well-being and happiness. Now, these things are found in religion, love of our country, our family, and these are the very things that we're being told to deconstruct. Guys, religion is good for us. Family is good for us. Authority figures in our lives like teachers, parents, government is good for us. Yet you are being told that they're all systematically evil and it's the biggest lie being sold to our young generation. And that is why I'm doing this podcast. Do you know that all of the polls, Gallup, um, there's there's quite a few, a number of um, uh, secular organizations who do polls on all sorts of things, Um, and they, without fail, every single one of them say that religious people are happier than secular people. Do you know, I've read three books in the past year or two, one of them from an Australian author, Um, Two of them from an American author, one's a researcher who's a Christian, one's a professor who's not, the other is a psychologist who's also not a Christian. And these three books are on different things to do with young people. And all three of those books mention that those young people that are a part of a religious community do better. And deconstructionists want to take that away from us and take that away from you by telling you that, no, it's toxic. Honestly, It actually makes me really, really mad. Um, Young people gathering as a community regularly as the church literally changes their lives for the better. I am an example of that. I grew up in a single parent home. Why have I gone on to do really well in my life? I attribute it to my faith in God. And the second thing I attribute it to is I did have a good family. My mum was great. My dad was great too, even though they were divorced. But thirdly, really importantly, my church community, they were my family. It brings a sense of belonging, identity, 
purpose. It brings good friends who are moving in the same direction as you. You experience God together. It is so powerful in a young person's life. And I get so mad when I see people turning on that and saying that it's it's toxic. Now, I'm not saying that there might not be an individual who, who, who has experienced something negative. But you know what? Where there is people, there are going to be disappointments and letdowns. There are disappointments and letdowns in the teaching community that I've worked in, and I've worked in many teaching communities. It's not exclusive to religion and the church, but people just get into this blame game. We believe a truth that has been shared by millions of people for thousands of years. Here's here's another thought of mine about deconstruction. It is a truth that we believe that's been shared by millions of people for thousands of years. It's a truth that our societies have been built on. It's a truth that always looks outside of itself to help others. And they are pulling that apart for something that they decided was true just yesterday. And it's also a truth that all I hear about is me, 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 how I feel, what I've been through, me, me, me. So opposite to the gospel. Now, some people do find purpose and meaning in deconstructing beliefs and systems, okay? Some people would say that there is a meaning within that, and that's true, there is, but not much. Their purpose and meaning is found in pulling things apart. I mean, how do you really want your meaning in life to be something that's so negative? How long can you pull things apart for? And when will you start to construct and build something back again? I know what they're trying to construct, What they're trying to construct is a religion of self, and that's exactly what uh, Nathan Finocchio said. It's radical skepticism to authority and making the self the authority, not God, not anyone else. Um, And that's exactly what I spoke about in another one of my podcasts. I can't remember what number it is. It's earlier on, Shocking Confessions of a Girl Boss. I speak about this. Uh, And I was so disappointed because a lot of Christians and Christian leaders have been too short-sighted to see the dangers that they were peddling with the whole self-love and you're enough movement. Go back to those podcasts to hear what I've got to say about that. Um, The whole idea that you don't need religion or church or the Bible or or whatever else, that's what they're trying to pull pull apart. Well, deconstructionists, if all you can offer me is a gospel of self and that everything I have is within myself... I already know how that's going to end because the truth is we are not enough. And go back and listen to my podcast where I pull that apart. And if we fail you guys by not speaking into this, then that, that's why I'm speaking up today. We can't fail you guys. We need to speak. Christian leaders, people need to speak into this absence of meaning. So according to to Douglas Murray, we will see the end of the postmodern deconstruction movement because it has nowhere else to go, because we just do not want to live in an endless place of meaningless, meaninglessness. You know, interestingly, another thought I have is how deconstructionists proselytize, in other words, try to convert people more hardcore to their beliefs than what Christians do. It's like they've got to go and find converts, and that is actually a part of their purpose. They put it in their Instagram bio. They name their Instagrams about it, and they endlessly post and argue with people like me 
my experience is while I let them alone to believe at whatever they choose to believe, they don't leave me alone. Instead, they argue, they post and they repost. You know what? I'm letting you guys be. Deconstruct all you like. Just don't take me and every other young person on your journey because you can tell me that church and God and Bible is as toxic as you like, but it will never be my truth. And I will fight for every young person out there. The Bible talks about us being salt and light. Deconstruction is dark and death instead of salt and light. That comes from Matthew 5, by the way, about salt and light. They want to convert you to their ideology that there is no truth, that there is no goodness. And all it does is pretty much teaches you to be a complainer. Um, Let me say this. Just because you might doubt or question your faith, that is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you have to reject it or lose it. And I know that there are some deconstructionists out there that actually do say that, and I'm not referring to them today. They talk about how you you can deconstruct it. In other words, you can ask questions and really think about all the things that you were taught growing up and work out why you still believe those things. And that, that is not a bad thing, but you don't have to reject your faith or lose it. Just because the past has problems doesn't mean that we hate the past, okay? Our beliefs have to mature as we mature. It doesn't mean that they're toxic. Let me say that again. Our beliefs have to mature as we mature. It doesn't mean that those beliefs were toxic. When you were a kid, did you believe in Father Christmas? I did. I remember when my mum... um. I remember my mum saying to my sister quietly one day, my sister must have been saying something about it, and my mum's like, shh, Renee still believes in him. But I actually didn't. I'd worked it out by myself. But I don't look back to my childhood and go, my mum was so toxic telling me that Father Christmas was, well, she actually didn't ever say he was real. I just, she just didn't say he wasn't. You know, what do I go back to the past and go, you know, that was so toxic. I'm ruined now as an adult. Of course we have to mature. I understand I was a kid and I thought like a kid, but now I'm mature. I have to think like an adult. There's nothing wrong with asking questions, unpacking what you might have been taught to believe. Even the Bible talks about craving spiritual milk when we're babies so that we can grow up. You'll find it in 1 Peter 2 too. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Grow up. It talks about we need to feed ourselves on things when we're younger or or, uh, younger in the faith because we grow in the faith. How do we grow in the faith? We ask questions. We dig deeper. As we get older, we have to grow in our maturity and our spiritual maturity and our beliefs grow with us. Here's another thought. Just because a system has problems, it doesn't mean you hate the system. Just because it has problems, it doesn't mean you have to completely pull it apart. Yes, we can improve it, but it doesn't mean you have to hate it. I remember getting to the age when I realized that my parents were not perfect. Do you remember getting to that age where you're like, oh, my mom made a mistake or my dad, oh my gosh. And you have this, 
I don't know if it's sudden or mine was a slow realization that my parents are not the be all and end all. And as you mature, you have to contend with that. You understand that your parents aren't perfect because they're human and then your relationship changes. It doesn't mean you no longer love your parents and that you don't listen to them from that point on. You love them. You respect them. You weigh up what they tell you. You measure it around your own opinions and that's healthy and that's how life is meant to be. You're not forever a child. You don't then go, I'm going to deconstruct my parents. Um, Every system is flawed. Every system is imperfect. Every system has room for improvement. So should we therefore deconstruct every system? We can ask questions, but to pull it apart completely, and that's exactly what the world is trying to get our young people to do, to see every system as oppressive. I keep seeing the word oppressive. Absolute rubbish and quite frankly, rebellious. You know, oh, let's pull apart the family. It's flawed. Let's pull apart the education system. It's flawed. Can't even say the word. Let's pull apart the church and religion. It's flawed. The problem is, you are what they are wanting to pull apart systems that are also the very building blocks of who we are as people and the fabric of our society. Let's talk about the family. Okay, pull apart the family. We don't need we don't need family. Um, you know, pull apart religion. We don't need we don't need it. Pull apart education. Tell me this: people who deconstruct are super good at pulling things apart, but what are they rebuilding? What exactly is their replacement? What are they constructing? Because until you can give me a really good alternative that is proven by the way to work, proven to work, I will not let you tear down the very things that bring purpose, meaning, and identity to people and particularly young people. All right, how are we going for time? Oh, okay, good. We're doing good. All right, another thought. I'm nearly at the end. Your experience, your personal experience doesn't give you the right to deconstruct a whole system, okay? Now, our experiences can help us improve systems, but just because something doesn't work for you, 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 can't, you don't have the right to go and force that upon other people. You can certainly shed light. So I'll give you the example of the family I grew up in that was very dysfunctional and it was pretty bad at, bad at times. And I could lay blame at the feet of my family and I could say that they were toxic And that the family system now as a whole is a construct that is oppressive and that I now have the right to deconstruct every family because of my experience. Or instead, I could say, yes, that was a bad experience. And I know that there are people out there that have had bad experiences within different systems. And yes, my family was dysfunctional and at times oppressive but you know what growing up means? It means not playing the blame game, but taking responsibility and you being the change in the world. I will not pull apart the family because of the experience I had with my family. Instead, I chose to take responsibility and make sure that my family now is not like that. I take responsibility and now I've got a healthy family. I've got three kids who are doing really well in life that have grown up in a good family. Imagine if I had deconstructed the family and decided I didn't believe in the family unit anymore. Well, now instead I've got three thriving kids and I'm showing other people by my example, our family's example, how to have a good family and how important a good family is because families are necessary and they're crucial. And I'm watching my daughter in a job with young Young people, young teenagers who don't have families, 
They do not do well. They do not do well. We can't pull apart something because we've had a bad experience. Anyway, that's where I kind of feel like I, I feel like that was pretty full on for a half an hour. Um, so I, but I do want you to hear my heart on that. So I understand if people are, are struggling with aspects of their faith and I actually want to address that next week. Um, I want to go into more of, um, maybe some of the things that you have been taught growing up that don't make sense to you. Um, I'm, we're going to look at parts of the Bible. What do we do when we feel like the Bible contradicts itself? Um, what about the things that, um, I was taught as a kid that don't make sense to me now. What about those things? What if I've believed in God because my parents do and that's how I've been brought up? Where does that leave me now? And so I do want to talk about all of those things. And if you are on that path at the moment where you're not sure if you still believe the things that you used to believe, that's actually okay. But I want to really encourage you that um, I know from all of my experiences that God is real and that he loves you and that you don't have to throw everything out just because there might be some questions that you have. Let's attack these questions head on. You don't have to lose everything that you've once believed in. And I want to encourage you with that today. So come and hit me up. Talk to me like you always do. I always answer your guys' messages. I love it. And I love you guys so much. And um, I can't wait to be back with you next week. So have a good week till then. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.